Welcome to South London Hardcore. I'm Jack McInroy. I'm here with uh, your man Steve Walsh. Hello. Yeah, we're going to talk about local news this week. And I think, just to give an overview about what South London local news is, um, there's a tweet put up this week by the South London Press. Probably still the most famous and prestigious of the South London local papers. Yeah, by a stretch. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Um, And their take on local news in South London this week uh, covers uh, a mobility scooter theft, tennis balls for puppies, a campaign to stop street drinking, and getting fit outdoors. South London this week, according to... uh, we're not be covering other stories. And because... in, in uh, three weeks' time when you listen to this episode. <laughs> but the thing is, there's no time you'll listen to this episode and you'll go, tell me more about these tennis balls for puppies. Because no, straight away, no. from that headline, you just sort of go, aren't they just smaller tennis balls? Well, this That's is... Uh, news, I don't is know it? if this came up in the Wimbledon episode, but they give... Uh, I don't know if it's still the case, but they certainly used to give the old tennis balls from the tournament to Battersea Dogs home. Ivan Lendl's like... One Wimbledon with uh, a ball, and then it goes straight into a into mastiff some to be uh, slobbered over. Yeah, it's like these things. Put them on eBay, man. Give yeah. the money to charity, like a proper charity, not Batsy Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think you know, in a, a post day to day world, you've got the sort of watermark for any sort of headline or news story. Where you, if it sounds like Chris Morris could have said it <laughs> at the end it. of a fake, yeah. then you know, uh, you know. Tennis balls for puppies, if you can imagine it as a fake headline, unlike The Onion or something, then it's not a good idea, is it? Remarkable uh, decision. But we found other stories this week that are, um, you know, when I say more interesting and more uh, informative than that, we're claiming they're more interesting and more informative than tennis balls for puppies, which isn't a great claim. Um, I don't know where you've sourced yours from, Steve. I got a copy of the Suffolk News today. It is, unfortunately, the Dulwich and Hearn Hill edition. So, it's, Well, this is you forgetting about your working class roots, isn't it? Well, this is my... I was born in Dulwich, Steve. Yeah, this is exactly. me remembering my... Uh... <laughs> Burgeoning middle-class roots. Um, on a similar uh, vein, just to sort of reference another uh, local news source, and it is uh, it's a Suffolk News. Suffolk News, I don't know if it's in this edition, but online are flagging up um, a story they're covering this week, which is uh, History of the Witch Trials. Uh, witch Trials? The, the Witch... <laughs> Who's on first? <laughs> and... You do realise that with local news, sometimes there's clearly such a paucity of decent stories to cover. They sort of go, should we just do those witch trials from uh, the Middle Ages? Yeah, just can someone do a review of the witch trials? You're like, what is this? Where it's yeah. not legitimate, is it? I sent an email this week to the Southern News and to the South London Press saying, uh, do you want to come down uh, the school I work in and uh, do a story on about how it's a bit better than it used to be? They should be all over. It's not news, is it? It's not news, but they it's will a better be. story than the witch trials. And We've the, had them in for like all kinds of things. I won't. I don't want to reveal uh, the name of the school, Steve, because uh, I'll be fired when I for <laughs> no podcasting. Isn't it? That's one of the uh, well, rules. some of the things you've said on this show over the the year uh, would see me in prison, let alone fired. So, luckily, we do it under aliases. If I actually found out that we're Dave Hatton yeah, and I'm, Andrew Venables, Steve Walsh. this is. Uh, <laughs> It's a perfect crime. Speaking of crimes, like I know you don't like doing the crime story, Steve, but no. do you have any that we should get out of the way? I have. I think I did have something that was vaguely... No, I think I've... I've uh... Oh, no, I've got one crime story, but it's a good crime story 
in that it involves a portmanteau word and an ironic uh, punishment. So, uh, wow. you know. Should we save that? And no one gets hurt. They, these are my rules for covering crime stories. But we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Just to uh, explain any crime, because Jack gives me a lot of stick, rightly so, for uh, various knocks and bumps that I give the table and microphone through the Any crinkling sound you hear are Jack's notes, and I use that in the loosest sense of yeah. Because Jack's preparation for the show is involved reading a newspaper on the bus, <laughs> tearing stories out of the newspaper on the bus, folding, or it looks like just rolling them into a ball and stuffing them into his pocket. So if you're on the bus today, and you saw a man looking troubled, muttering to himself probably, and tearing things out of his pocket, don't be alarmed. It's uh, your genial host. There was no muttering, man. Probably, he doesn't realise he's doing it, that's the worst thing. Hmm. Right, I just want to read out a paragraph from the Southern News, right? I don't know where this gets to uh, where we stand with copyright infringement, Steve. The trouble is, they don't we're, have we're a We're very much in favour of it. <laughs> they don't have a podcast of Southern News, and all I'm doing is saying, go out and buy it. I spent 40p on it, so, and no doubt my dad bought a copy, so there'll be two copies, you know, sitting side by side. Uh, there's a story uh, um, about Peckham Pear with Asbos, right? Uh, two notorious public nuisances called Years of Grief to Local Shops have got about Asbos. Let me just read this sentence to you, Steve, and uh, you can maybe explain it to me. Repeat antisocial offender, I'm not going to say his Don't, name, yeah, let's name anyone, 32, has been banned from shouting and screaming in any public place in Southwark, interfering with the flow of traffic, and calling 999 except in a, a genuine emergency for five years. Just quickly. Aren't they generally rules? Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think I'm allowed to do any of those things, you know. The other you say to someone, you know, when you're in 999, it's got to be from the emergency. Yeah, that's the point. And yeah, in six years' time, he's allowed to shout and scream. <laughs> in six years' time, Peckham's going to get louder. The traffic's going nowhere because it'll be, you know, guy blocking it. And also, there's emergency services converging on the area for no reason. Like, obviously, I'm not going to say his name yet because even though it's mostly shouting and screaming and interrupting the flow of traffic... Like I don't, you never know what these people have got up. Let's leave. Yeah, and I don't. I don't mean a knitting needle. But like <laughs> I do. I won't say the guy's name, but can I just say that he lives on uh, Nazareth Gardens oh, nice. in Peckham? Yeah, it's odd how willing, almost eager, these papers seem to be to name people and give obviously you know just their street names. But even so, why? Yeah, there was another story. I don't have all the details to hand, but a guy um, was arrested for counterfeiting Argos vouchers and I think I might have even tweeted this from um, well, for one of our many accounts at SLHC podcast is the the show account yeah at Vince Wales there at Jack Mackin right here also at Yids if you like Tottenham Hotspur this guy he's gone to court for uh, uh, counterfeiting Argos vouchers but really, do you need to put someone's name and address in the yeah, paper for that? This guy is. That's yeah. outrageous, man. What did he? Uh, do you remember what he got? Because if it's a custodial sentence, I think it was uh, a stereo and a clothes horse. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> um, and again, there's another one, right? A story in this week's one in the dock. Obviously, normally the best bit of the Southern news. <laughs> guy nicked a sixty quid hairdryer again from Argos. Yeah, and uh, they're getting to putting his name and address in there. The thing about Argos is, do you remember when it first opened? And no. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole thing was, uh, um, the, I always thought the idea was it was cheaper than everyone else because they didn't have any shrinkage due to damage or shoplifting because everything's out the back. You know, that's clever. And now, because uh, they're greedy, they just sort of like put, put some stuff out as well. You're like, well, now you're going to get shrinkage and now your mm. prices are going to go up. It's, you wouldn't believe 
about the stories I've heard about Argos man in terms of uh, stalin. Um, when I worked at Virgin, this guy at Virgin Megastore in uh, Piccadilly Circus, where I met my uh, beautiful wife and my uh, one of my my groomsmen, Hassan, who I hope will be on the show at some point. He doesn't listen, so I don't know why I'm uh, <laughs> being nice about him. But you know, two in his finest. Oh, after Darren Bent, you know. <laughs> Yeah, there was a guy who started working there. He started working there. I was a Christmas temp and so was he. But, like, within the first day, it's like, yeah, I used to work at Argos. Yeah, he said, Nick, so much stuff. I got this. I got this Walkman from there. I say Walkman. I weren't working there in, like, 1992. <laughs> man. It was 2003. But this Sony Walkman. With but, these, yeah, he uh, just... Uh, foam headphones. It just, like, he said he stole loads of stuff from there. And uh, my brother used to work in Argos. And they had terrible problems with it. They had, they had a thing where, uh, I don't know, I can't remember how it came about, but you know you get those kind of ceiling tiles, yeah, where it's uh, like a grid and every kind of uh, eighth one is a light and the rest are like poly- polystyrene or whatever. And like you can lift it up. Yeah. They lifted it, I don't know why they went up there, the one in the cash office, and they just found like boxes and boxes, phone boxes like empty. Just, <laughs> they were just been just like rampant stealing. My um, first job, of course, on the record was uh, at Summerfield in Lordship Lane. And, uh, you know, it's my first job, so I've not worked for, like, managers. Well, you just think, you know, you assume, until you work in retail with managers, you assume that people are humans, aren't they? Normal. Yeah. You... But then you realise that quickly they're lunatics. And yeah, they're, just, they're, uh, they're also appalling human beings. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was in the, the break room one day, just uh, having my lunch, reading. Minding my business, I don't want to have a conversation with a manager about anything. And the guy, the guy came in, and uh, he had, like, a... A torn open box of milk tray, and he was like, uh, he just like dropped it onto the table. <laughs> and I was like, all right. He went, someone's, you know, he wasn't accusing me. He was just sort of, it was, uh, it was sort of just staring. He was sort of, I think he just wanted to say yeah. to someone, you know, that chocolate around your mouth, Steve. <laughs> but he went, um, I mean, just ridiculous, isn't it? You know, this sort of, you know, he was going about how shrinkage affects the store's performance, and uh, you know how, uh, you know, it's going to. You know, how am I supposed to employ people if I'm not making money? And I'm just thinking, let me get back to my book. I don't want to have this conversation. I don't want to. You were thinking, are we going to eat the rest of the box? <laughs> is this evidence, or can we just? But my take on it was, I looked at it, and like, yeah, this is it. It's a massive box of chocolates. It's been torn open. Like you know, five chocolates are gone, and the rest are just dashed under a cage. And I was like, I was like, yeah, you know, if you want that much chocolate, just nick a bar of dairy milk, can it? <laughs> <laughs> he, he looked at me and went, "We well, shouldn't be seeing it." I was like, "I'm not seeing those." I'm just saying. That would be a more cost-effective way to steer on it. This is just a waste. And, mm, I just walked away, and I was like, "Well, if he thinks I'm a thief, that's bad. But if he's never going to talk to me about it again, that's perfect." But he did talk to me about it again uh, a few a few months later. A girl got fired uh, for one of the most comical uh, crimes I've ever heard of, where um, she uh, worked on the tills, so had access to cash, uh, and was basically requesting pound coins for the till, but then just putting them in a pocket rather than putting them in the till. Mm, the, per- the perfect crime. Perfect crime. How can, <laughs> how can this fail? Um, but they checked the tills. Um, yeah. So and and she wasn't you know a master criminal because they just opened up a locker and there were eighty pounds worth of pound don't coins in bags. Yeah, yeah. Don't leave it in the place. Wrong. But then it sort of compounded it where she sort of uh, she was confronted on it and she said, "Oh no, no, no! I went to the bank and uh, they didn't have any notes." So that's how they gave him my money. And you're sort of like... And she got fired. And you sort of go, you kind of deserved it. Yeah. But again, he started having a conversation with me about it. And he was like, did you about... And again, not going to name her. Um, and I was like, yeah, crazy, isn't it? 
And he was like, just madness, you know, lose your job over that. I was like, yeah, you know, nicking 80 quid's four twenties in your socks, isn't it? You don't take uh, <laughs> 80 quid in coins. And I didn't work on this hill, but again, he just looked at me and I've never worked on this hill at any point in the shop out there. And I think it was because he thought I was waiting for a day to put 20, 20 pound notes in my socks. If we do have anyone listening who works in a shop, particularly like a busy one at the West End or whatever, um, and you work on the till, you can have up to about a fiver a day because <laughs> they have like a kind of variance thing. They even have like a, maybe I might even have a little pot in a cash office where if it's over one day, which it often is because the mistakes happen, they just carry the money over. So up to about a fiver is fine. Well, working in... Water and also, is- sorry, Steve... Just make sure that it's a till that other people have used because you don't want your till to be down and only you have signed on every, to it. Every day it's down so. by the um, uh, Working at Waterstones, so again, I'm not going to name them, I've said this, although they weren't guilty of it, they just happened to work in the cash office. Well, I love Waterstones, don't say the company name. <laughs> yeah. um, but they, um, they said there was a phenomenon whereby every month the tills mm. would be down before payday and up after, where people were basically just nicking imagine putting the money back right? just yeah don't, I mean don't take the money in the first place but don't put the money if you take if you've got past that moral quandary you've, you know mm. although arguably um, if you do not have the intention to permanently deprive it's not theft if you intend to return it you haven't committed the crime really so maybe, yeah, yeah it's a definition of theft law degree incomplete <laughs> <laughs> I've got a crime story it's about the crime I killed a woman this morning <laughs> Have you heard of skitching? No. What do you reckon it is? Skitching. Skitching. Spelt as you'd imagine. S-K-I-T-C-H-I-N-G. Bang. Straight on it. Uh, skitching. That silence is Jack McEnroe thinking. Yeah. Can you give me a clue? Uh, give me one of the words. Uh, is it one of the words anything? Skating. Oh, that, I was going to give you the other word. Stitching. <laughs> if I give you the other word it'll give away but I think uh, we've had enough of you just uh, trying to guess an impossible word hitching skateboard hitching yeah so what are you doing if you skateboard hitching you do two people on a board at once <laughs> yeah just people are you standing uh, by the side of the road with your thumb out no the cars pull up you know now I'm waiting for a skateboard I'll give you the headline skitching trio ah, lose so free travel are- so they're basically holding on to the back of a bus Correct. on a skateboard. Yeah. Ah, uh, Marty McFly style. Exactly. You know, I wonder if Michael J. Fox knew. Uh, up in a plague with a barrel of manure on your head. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, it's a lovely, very. It's a classic local news and indeed newspaper generally phrasing of it, where it's like skitching trio. Hmm. No one talks like that today. Yeah. No one sort of goes, uh, heard about a skitching trip. You'd say free, but obviously they need to, you know, compound it. But yeah, I like the word skitching. The full story is these guys have been caught uh, grabbing older buses on their skateboards and like flying around Lewisham. Got caught. The punishment is they're losing their free travel cards to go on the bus. That's not the problem, is it? They're not using their free travel cards. <laughs> if anything, now, the only option they've got is to skitch. <laughs> They've got to be full-time skitchers now. They've got no option about skitch. I like the word skitch. It's funny you mention that, right? Because today... Um, you skitched away. Someone... Um, a kid handed in an Oyster card form. And uh, you have to get a child's Oyster card, just fill in a form, and their head teacher at the school or the doctor or whatever signs it, and then you send it off. This kid that had not signed... There's a little box in there that says, I agree to abide by the TFL behaviour code. Yeah. And if you don't, um, you know, they take away your yeah. travel card. And this kid hadn't signed it, so I had to go get the kid out of class to sign the behaviour code. Oh, right. Before the head teacher would sign it. 
I thought it was like a delivery choice on the kids' part. He's like, have you seen the behaviour code? There's no way. There's no way I'm doing no that. Skitching. I'm no skitching. No I'm out. You know you get this thing, Steve, where people always make the uh, hilarious gag about, oh, it's 2012 and there's no hoverboards. You know what I mean? It's been in the future. It's 2012 and people are still on skateboards holding a bank. <laughs> You've picked the wrong Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah, the problem isn't that we're not in Back to the Future 2. The problem is that we're very much still in Back to the Future 1. Luckily, when I'm back to the future free. Where we're going, you'll need roads. <laughs> oh, dear. One of my little notes, Steve, I ripped out, just says, uh, did you know that the first documented interracial marriage took place in Southwark in 1770? In the world? Don't know, man. I didn't have time great, to do any... Uh, yeah. I had one of those in Southwark. Throws a bit of a spanner in the works of um, racist organisations, doesn't it? A friend of mine... Um, on Facebook today, I was talking about um, a protest taking place in Scarborough, where a halal abattoir, where <laughs> where a halal abattoir is being opened up, and the far right are going along to um, protest it because they they and they put a photograph up on their thing to sort of protest this thing, sort of going, "This is what we're trying to stop," and it's a slaughtered uh, cow. But it's not this sort of cow, is it? It's a cow that's been slaughtered under Islamic law. That's what I don't like. Yeah. But, um, they're not vegetarians, do you? No, exactly. They're not sort of going, oh, we don't want to see uh, suffering. Yeah, you do. You definitely want to see suffering. But um, one of, uh, just clicking through various racist profiles, isn't it? and you do, uh, you find one that goes like, uh, yeah, if we want to uh, bring this country back to the racial profile it had in the 1940s. And that little article there sort of shows you that, you know, so just the 200 years of interracial marriages then. That's uh, mm. you know. Yeah, I wish. Uh, it's almost like they're idiots. Isn't I it? wish the world was more like it was in the forties. <laughs> Better, so, wasn't it? the first half. <laughs> I've gone quite broad in definition of local news. In that this is news about our local area, but it's not in one of the local papers. It's That's the Metro. Fine, man. Yeah, it is a local paper, the Metro London, isn't it? Yeah, but it's not. You know, it's not Suffolk news. It's not South London press. It's not specific. It's this. You know, they're, they're covering things in North London. Waste of time, isn't it? Um, yeah, the Metro did a feature about Bermondsey recently. I don't know if you... Did you see that or read about it? No, I don't know. Pick up the Metro. Nah, who does? You know, It was retweeted by a few um, South London-related things. I just uh, Mainly because um, well, the headline uh, is interesting. The headline for the Metro feature is uh, Creativity has replaced crime on the streets of Bermondsey. <sighs> Which is, you know, slightly wishing and all. Just sort of like, what, completely replaced it? There's no... Where there was any crime whatsoever now. It's just uh, knitting, Terrible. isn't it? But... And you sort of go, okay, well, but then, you know, we made a similar point about, not, uh, yeah, similar point about Deptford, where, you know, creativity has sort of moved into a place where there was a vacuum of industry. So, you know, if you if the, the focus of the story is, you know, there's these new endeavours and things being undertaken, then that is a valid thing to investigate. To say it's replaced crime is ridiculous and not helpful at all. Mm. But yeah, it's when you read the opening paragraph of the article that you realise the sort of insidious nature of the thing. Um... It reads, uh, it took a while for Bermondsey to transform itself from an area of neglect and crime to one where you can buy a bespoke dog collar or take glassbound lessons, but it got there. Ugh. Yeah. And that's the problem, isn't it? It's sort of like, just the phrasing of it, it took a while, but it got there. This idea that it was this, like, titanic struggle by the people yeah. of Bermondsey to find... Between glassblowers and... Yeah, just fighting for, you know, placards, sort of like, bespoke dog collars now. <laughs> and also the idea that... You know, obviously, crime and neglect are terrible things, but the idea that as a society and as a people and as a culture, 
we're better, or no, not even better, but we've reached our peak and our pinnacle, our apex, once we've got ridiculously unnecessary things. You know, once we've reached mm. a point where we go, well, some of the things we're doing are pointless now. Isn't it great? And in, in a way, that is great because it shows that we're not sort of doing other terrible things. But let's do good things as well. Let's not just sort of go bespoke dog collars are an adequate replacement for, uh, you know, proper culture and creativity. You know, their definition of creativity. When we talked about Deathwood, we were talking about performance spaces and, you know, art. And, you know, there's no arguments made about. Yeah, there's, there's no arguments made about what is creative and what is valuable things. But I just think, you know, it's a worrying sort of. It's, it's veering into the whole chocolatier area, isn't it? <laughs> you know, this isn't a solution. As you've mentioned, dogs there, Steve. Right? Um, I mean, you, this is you not can't a... you can't avoid dogs. If you read local news, I do my best to avoid dogs, man. <laughs> I have a dog phobia, Steve. Right, and I'm not saying it's medical. Like one of those douchebags that think that they're scared of spiders, and you know that means they're not a douchebag. <laughs> I know that this makes me a douchebag. But I sort of I kind of freeze up when I see dogs. I hate them also. Yeah, it's yeah. not just that I'm scared of them. I also hate them, the smell, and you know the saliva and the fur and all that. Um, and my nan has a particularly annoying dog at the moment. Like my nan's always had dogs, and like they die. She feeds them up until they die. Then she gets a new one. And uh, this one's putting on weight. Like it will have heart problems hopefully soon. <laughs> But like it's just so you get there and it's just like it, all up on all up in your grill. So the other day I went with uh, some wings and chips into the churchyard at St Peter's, formerly the Monkey Garden, and I was pretty certain I was going to be locked out. So I thought I'll just eat the chicken and chips in the churchyard first, rather than on the doorstep. So I sit down on the doorstep of the church, ironically, not ironic, and uh, <laughs> so I start eating it, and um, a dog. Like one of the scary looking dogs, I don't, not a Rottweiler exactly, or a pit bull or something, but something that looks like it could bite you, runs into, the, runs into that particular part of the churchyard. No owner about, right? Um, lead ha- like trailing on the floor behind it and just kind of walk more closer and closer to me. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm looking around thinking, if an owner turns up, maybe I'll be all right. No owner turns up, he gets right up to me. And like, so I sort of stand up and get ready to go. The dog goes up the stairs in the churchyard, right? It's only up two steps. And then turns and looks at my box of chicken and chips. And so I thought, you know, forget it. I just picked up my the can of drink and I just walked the floor. I'm not looking back, just walked out of the park. And as I got to the gate, I turned around and the dog was just eating the chicken and chips, man. I was like, that's a small price to pay. So for that reason, I don't read the, the um, weekly Batsy Dog Zone column in the... Uh, you're not looking to get a, a stray for your home, are you? You're no, right. it's like they have a little advert, right? And but this one, because I was on the bus on the way here, and like I thought, you in know, the interest of journalism, in the interest of uh, journalism, of good podcasting, right? So they they this week they've got some dog with his tongue hanging out, you know, his testicles are in the photographs. That's disgusting. Why you would want that in your house? Get him some trousers, you know, at the very least. It doesn't say. Oh, it's a. Dog with it. Dog U-E. What's that? Dog. Oh, uh... Dog dog Bordeaux. Yeah. Right. This is, this is the article. You've all heard of Monica off the hit TV show Friends. Well, now meet our very own Monica. A Bogdododo with an appetite as large as her namesake. <laughs> Who's writing this, man? Is it the people from Battersea Dog Zone? <laughs> it might have been Monica the dog. 
Like, in so which case? If you're interested in having this dog in your home where you live and sleep and eat, <laughs> then you can email them. Rehoming at battersea.org.uk. See, I'm doing my bit Very for charity. You. Yeah. you do realise by doing that, you're encouraging someone to take a dog out of a prison that it's in and put it into the public place where it can easily you know, chase you away from chicken and chips. I know, man. It's a selfless act. Just don't invite me around. Like my friend Sam, right? Lovely guy. And uh, his flatmate, Andre. I think Eve uh, turned us onto the nunhead thing, didn't he? He's got a cat, right? Andre Bukes. Andre Bukes. Right? <laughs> Going around their house, you know, have a little chit-chat with a pair of them. They've got this cat now. And the cat was... I was shaking my leg and the cat was clinging on, clawing me <laughs> through my jeans. Now yeah. I can't go around their house anymore. Because you the cat is out of control. Again. It's a tiny little kitten, Steve. <laughs> when you say out of control, cats are never in control. That's the thing about cats. Exactly. That doesn't it. Talking of cats... And this is related to both of us, and I think it's saying it's worth mentioning. Millwall Lionesses recorded two wins this season against uh, West Ham and Tottenham Hotspur. Oh. Yeah, it, but it's nice though because that is nice. It's yeah. nice because it's a South London team doing well, and uh, it's women's football. So you know, I can't. Name, can you name a single uh, female Tottenham Hotspur player? I can't name a single West Ham female player. I didn't know we had a women's team. Sylvie Van der Vaart. <laughs> she plays oh, I was going to be cruel there she plays for Hamburg oh that sorry. is cruel sorry speaking of me all yeah I don't read the sport bits in the South London Press generally but I don't know I just I was just browsing through and they uh, this Millwall striker he got are they s- trying to rehouse Millwall strikers <laughs> Millwall played against Middlesbrough right 3-1 to Millwall Millwall striker Henderson they only gave him 6 out of 10 the right Henderson no he's white I think Darius Henderson is one. Played for Watford, didn't he? Oh, Darius. <laughs> Not Darius. I don't know, man. Isn't that? I'm pretty sure it is. He's played only, for Watford. They've only put Mike Taylor's first name. <laughs> Unless Mike Taylor is his last name. <laughs> Ronald Mike Taylor. Right, and this is the summary of the game. This may be so sad, Steve. Jonathan Woodgate struggled to get the better of Henderson. This guy got 6 out of 10. And like in the championship, Jonathan Woodgate struggling to get the best of him. Jonathan Woodgate, formerly of Real Madrid. Arrigo Saki said he was one of the best defenders he'd ever seen. I wrote one of my better pieces on... If you go to youllwinnothingreviews.com, if you're interested in reading a couple of things I wrote about Tottenham, on the right-hand side I've got a bit now highlights. It's like the six... Yeah, exactly. The six best uh, blogs I ever wrote. And one of them is on uh, Ledley King and Jonathan Woodgate. And it's, uh, you know, one of the better things I've done. On uh, sporting matters, um, Olympics and Paralympics update, uh, Sean McKinn uh, has won a silver medal. Irish. Uh, Team GB. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the C3 men's individual pursuit. He's from Lewisham. So, oh, continuing right. the uh, transpond time. C3PO what? <laughs> C3 men's individual pursuit. And C3 refers to... Uh, they have different categories of disability so that people are... Uh, uh, when you say pursuit, oh, cycling. Cycling, yeah. Pursuit, one of our favourite ones where they just sort of go around the velodrome and... Uh, chase. Chase each other down. Do you want to hear um, a Paralympic, South London Paralympic story that's less... Uh, Edifying. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe. I mean, it depends how, how how much belief you have in rehabilitation, I suppose. Paul Effiena, uh GB weightlifter, 
was not allowed to represent Britain at the Paralympics, or despite the fact I think he had uh, uh, represented Britain at something else, he'd certainly participated in like uh, major events. He's got one leg right. That's from a car crash. But the reason he wasn't allowed to compete is uh, he was considered uh, too much of a threat to the other people. He was in prison for nine years, Steve, for uh, torturing two people who were electrocuted and uh, forced to drink their own blood. Remarkable. <laughs> but he's so he served his time. He's out in yeah. public. But they won't let him in the... That's the thing, yeah. The uh, extremely remorseful and fully rehabilitated, someone said. It's a tough one, isn't it? It is. I mean, and this is the thing we were talking about earlier with Oscar Pistorius. Torture. You do have to sort of... You have to give Paralympians uh, and disabled people in general the right to be... Torturers. uh, (laughs) Torturers, but... You know, not and not the right to be, but you have to accept that they're going to be terrible people in the same way as everyone else, you know. And I'm not saying accept it and give them a free pass, but if this guy has done that, you know, I'm pretty sure... Do you get precluded from the Olympic Games if you have a criminal record? Is that a thing? I don't know. If that, well, if that, if that, if that, what I'm saying, the Home Office the case, ruled that he was too big of a security risk to be allowed to continue with the Paralympics. But he's allowed to be out in public. He's a threat to other yeah. humans. But, so you can definitely go to a shopping centre. No, I know. No, but the to... thing is, you have like, say, the sex offenders list, which I do think is ridiculous. The whole, this, I think people, uh, pe- uh, people are not punished enough. But that, now's not the time for that. Um, but there are people who are they're free to walk the streets, yeah. aren't they? But they're not allowed to do certain things. If you've been freed from prison, then no, but you you... Don't, that doesn't give you free, you know. No, no, but he's been cleared uh, to be part a member of society. <laughs> So he should be allowed to... But, you know, this isn't going to help him to rehabilitate, is it? Badoing. Does that mean anything to you? Well, that's sound. That, that word. It's a word now. Onomatopoeic. Exactly. Badoing is a game that was designed by pupils at the Wharf Academy uh, as part of a competition with the Design Museum to design a new game. Will you smack a kid's head off the toilet? <laughs> <laughs> you were uh, reigning Badoing champion for a long time now, weren't you? Um... Yeah, it's basically, they've called it a version, a sort of a modern version of Tiddlywinks. Um, and it's a sort of catapult target game. But the, the the smart thing is, firstly, that's a great name for anything. Mm. Uh, but particularly for a game that involves uh, uh, any sort of catapult or Tiddlywinks. Um, it also fits into an Oyster card holder. So it's this whole thing where it's like transportable, you can play it anywhere. And uh, yeah, they've won, they won the competition at the Design Museum. So it's uh, for sale. In the Design Museum shop. Wow, which is also in South London, in the around Shad Thames, isn't it? That's right. We'll be going there for a trip soon. We will. And we'll let you know how good it I'm was. I'm buying a Bedouin. No, yeah. <laughs> you were saying earlier, Steve, about what local news is. Right. This is my favourite headline in the whole newspaper. Moronic. That's a whole headline. (laughs) Tell me more, because there's nothing in that headline to indicate what you're trying to tell me. It's about the council painting over murals on the Haygate estate. Um, They reported that a week or two ago. And now one of their workers ripped up flowers in a community garden. Have you got this story? Which one have you got, the the garden or the... uh... I've got the garden. 
And I've got a, a, a headline that I'm, I'm pleased with as well. But you told the story, and then I'll tell you what the headline was that I read the story under. Well, the council said that it was uh, part of their zero tolerance on graffiti, and it was a genuine mistake made by an inexperienced cleaner. Uh, but the Southwark News say to that, this is not, incident is not down to inexperience. You don't have to be experienced in any way to know what a tulip is. <laughs> Surely you do. Surely you have some experience with tulips. Agree or disagree, email letters at southwarknews.co.uk. I disagree. See, the headline I read the story under uh, was Bungling Council Cleaner Rips Out Flowers from Award-Winning Garden. Oh, and, right, that's quite... Uh, yeah. Uh, but I also liked it because, again bungling like trio yeah. earlier you, no one says bungling do they no. you don't sort of go like zippy and bungle yeah you don't sort of go uh, how's your weekend oh, I bungled a little bit I uh, you know put the put the tea on about no one bungles in real life you only bungle in uh, a local news story and this council cleaner is a bungler you don't call anyone a bungler no one, no one bungles um, yeah it's Trinity Square Plaza um, what happens and it's interesting because uh, the sort of wider relevance it's part of the guerrilla gardening programme do you know about guerrilla gardening yeah, you mentioned it once before. Oh, have I? I think so. I can't see banging on about it. Uh, obviously, he's the guy who lives in Perronette House on Elephant that's Castle. That's right, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's uh, Richard, Re- uh, yeah, Richard Reynolds, heads up the campaign. It's guerrilla gardening in the sense of uh, furtive actions rather than uh, training an eight. Furtive actions the, on uh, fertile grounds. If that's not their tagline. It ought to be. You know, and please credit us. Uh, <laughs> us. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anything you say on this show becomes yeah. probably a southern hard Part ownership. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's a, a fantastic idea. It's one of those things we talk about. You know, when the metro thinks that it's great that there's bespoke dog collars, I don't think it is. I think areas are made better by people who live in those areas. You know, and if people are inspired to sort of find patches of uh, it, 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 barren ground around them and, and plant things in them and make well, if them it's grow. barren Steve it's not going to grow is it you make it first time don't you you can uh, listen I have a gardening degree mm. I'll uh, <laughs> I'll compost you I'm not composting you um, yeah he, and uh, it was interesting because even before I read this story earlier in the week um, Richard Reynolds himself put up a fantastic photograph of um, just uh, middle of the road on uh, Denmark Hill, where he's, he planted uh, sunflowers a little while ago, and like 40 of them just cropped oh, up in the middle of this road. In, uh, on I'll like keep a, my eye out. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was a shame that obviously this bungler has ripped up flowers. We'll put them back in it. You're a gorilla gardener. You don't just give up that easy, do you? Any local news, Steve? You've personally witnessed. We yeah. should be reporting news, shouldn't we? Not just reading that paper. We should be making news. We should be. Uh, yeah. Shouting and interfering with traffic. Local pair. (laughs) Shatter broadcasting records. Local. Pitch review of like snapping a um, a seven inch in half. (laughs) Radio reborn south of the river. We need to get Lakeisha in the story and they can go trio of bunglers. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Sketch their way to uh... (laughs) radio uh, notoriety. Remember, you can get your South London Hardcore t-shirts from southlondonhardcore.com. You click the shop link. Yeah, your more your Lakeisha t-shirts, your SLHC t-shirts. Yeah, if you want um, more local news, I retweet relevant things, not the silly yeah, ones. You that are we a bit here. wild on the retweet TV. Yeah. Am I? Yeah, stuff like I don't know, man. 
There's someone. There's a cookery class. Yeah, I like broccoli that. tonight. Anything that's cares. anything that's free and someone uh, thing to do, isn't it? But yeah, southlandhardcore.com for everything. Um, you know, we're on iTunes. So if everything. You're just, if you're streaming off the website, uh, I mean, by all means, do that. But if you subscribe to it on iTunes, man, the, the file comes straight to you. Mm-hmm.